Watch out for the hole. What hole? Watch out for the portable hole. Rock out to the portable hole. Watch out for the portable hole. Rock out to the portable hole. Welcome to the Portable Hole Podcast. I'm Ryan George, and I am here with my good friend, Cynic. Justin is out. He's in Florida, and I saw a video of him. He is busking in Florida for money. So uh, good luck to him there. He should be back next week. But uh, Cynic, how are you doing? Did you say he's stripping in Florida for money? <laughs> busking. <laughs> so, oh, so okay. Like... <laughs> I was like, I had no idea things were that tight for yeah. you, Justin. I would have thrown well, him a couple bucks. Well, he, he texted me the other day. Uh, he's like, I, you know, he can't make it this week. He's... um going to be in floor in key west on vacation but then i saw on instagram or facebook or something that he's like street performing so who knows yeah i mean i'm sure he's having he's having a good time but uh i saw i saw a, a guitar case and uh definitely a few dollars were in there so hopefully he's uh paying for his vacation but yeah, i mean but how- i don't know him well but he does look like he can shake it ryan so <laughs> yeah. i wish him well and i hope he gets back safely yeah i hope so uh, but how are you doing I'm good, man. Good. Excited to talk about Fargo. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it was a interesting season of uh, TV. Um, how's uh, so? You've been back in the workforce for a couple of weeks. How are you feeling? I have absolutely miserable. Yeah. It, it's uh, going from the couch to uh, wandering around all day long for eight hours. Uh, I, I can understand why people fall in love with that sediment yeah. lifestyle yeah. of uh, just keeping your hand out and waiting for that check to show up every month. Yeah. Well, did, did I forget now, did you work throughout the pandemic? Like, did you ever, or were you working pretty much throughout or did you have, other like, did than you get... a, a few faults, uh, uh, run-ins with COVID? Yeah. I worked through most of the pandemic, okay. you know, working maybe a couple of, I went from working constantly, getting up early, getting home late to like not doing that for eight months. And it, it kind of recharged the batteries and it was kind of tough to get back into the workforce. It does. And I have a bit of a commute and I can tell you that really eats into the day. Yeah. Absolutely. My day starts at about six o'clock in the morning and ends almost at six o'clock at night. So oh, yeah, it doesn't leave a lot of time for everything else. Yeah, absolutely. So um, have you been not watching anything recently outside of like what we're going to be talking about with Fargo? Uh, well, I am a huge uh, On Patrol Live mark. Okay, uh, yeah. You can catch that on the Reels channel. And also if you have Peacock, uh, they'll show it there for free. And you don't have to pay any extra. And uh I've loved uh, I've loved the show since the very beginning. Uh, it went off the air and came back kind of almost as a doppelganger of itself because of a lawsuit with I think it might be a and E year. But yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy the shit out of it. It's on Friday and Saturday night for about three hours, and it just gives you an interesting view of the country and everything's mm-hmm. going on. And I can tell you, Ryan, out of the seven or eight departments that they follow every single night, all you know, mostly all over the country, it's it's kind of centered around florida anymore uh the common theme is nobody has a driver's license and everybody's on drugs <laughs> really? so not too far from what i what i would expect is it it's mostly in florida yeah well they have uh as they lose departments it seems like florida is more than willing to fill in so i think yeah. <laughs> out of the eight departments they fo- uh, follow uh three of them are in florida now yeah but well, you i do get a look look at california and uh, north carolina south carolina uh and uh they added uh, Arkansas and those okay, guys are cowboys. It, yeah, it's, I, uh, 
it's a pleasure to watch them launch. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, it's yeah. You you know, you bring up an interesting point because, like, I can think. I I know in a concerning number of people that have either you know fairly recently driven without a license or driven under the influence uh and it seems like people just don't take that seriously and it's weird for me i guess as somebody who i only got my license you know a few years ago uh may and maybe that's part of like getting it as an adult versus like getting it when you're younger and so it's not it's not like ingrained in me but i'm just amazed at at the recklessness people sometimes display you know in their own driving It's, it's pretty incredible well, it's a question of risk and reward. Yeah. Now, I would mind you, I would never drive under the influence because you're looking at an easy ten to eleven thousand dollar bill when it's all yeah. said and done. If you're caught, plus loss of license, you know, uh, possibly potentially loss of job, depending on what yeah. you do for a living. So, I would never do that. But as far as they really treat this driving around without a license or insurance thing is kind of just a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Where you would think that, all right, we caught you three or four times, and now it's going to become a misdemeanor, and now we're going to put you in jail for a little while. It just doesn't seem to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like some, certain things, you know, almost like, you know, I get, I think there's a whole other discussion we had about policing and, and everything, but like something like that, like you get caught enough times, like maybe you shouldn't be on the road or, you know, if, if you're displaying that kind of uh, poor judgment, I guess. But agreed. Anyway, so let's get to, so there's a bunch of, it's weird. Like at the beginning of the week, there wasn't much to talk about. I was like, oh, what are we going to do for news? And then just a bunch of stuff has come out this like last couple of days, it seems. Um, but the first thing, so I, you know, we talk pro wrestling once in a while. Do you still follow any pro wrestling? Um, I generally only watch one or two events out of the year, but if it's yeah. on, then, you know, I'll check it out. But it really all it does is remind me of how out of touch I am with everything that's going on. Uh, once I fell in love with MMA, uh, there mm-hmm. was really no going back to pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, we have the Royal Rumble coming up in a, a, what, a week or two or a few weeks. I think and, it's like this weekend. Yeah. So I'm always yeah. into that. And yeah. we need to talk about the Netflix thing as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, that um, was the story. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm always into the Royal Rumble, and of course, WrestleMania is a spectacle. I, yeah. I, it annoys me that they went two nights with it. I think it's unnecessary, but yeah, you know, uh, they needed content. Yeah, exactly. They they certainly do. Um, that's why they're all going crazy. Um, but yeah, no. So they, you know, I it's weird because like I'm a fan of. It's weird. I, I follow podcasts about things that I used to like when I was a kid, but don't care enough about to watch now. So like I listen to a couple of um, pro wrestling podcasts. So it's I'm weirdly like up to date on everything and kind of know what's going on, even though I don't really watch much like you. I'll watch bigger pay-per-views. If there's like a really good promo or something, I'll find it. If there's a good match or something, I might find it. Um, but but like to sit down and, and watch it has been tough. But um, but yeah, the big news this week um, until some stuff today is that i guess the the flagship raw is moving to netflix uh which is a crazy move yeah don't think it's just uh raw i think it's everything no so so the pay-per-views are going to be over there um all the past content is going to be basically everything that's on peacock now that kind of uh took over from the wwe network yeah uh yeah everything's going over there oh so i couldn't figure that so is it that is are they like is the peacock network no more or is that well, like they have it till the two, I believe 2025. Okay. And then after that, it's all done. It, it all oh, gets pulled okay. off there, which is unfortunate because I'm touch or go, uh, touch and go with Netflix. Like I could take it or leave it. There's not a lot of content on there that really interests me anymore. I think we just picked it up recently to go through yeah. the walking dead. Yeah. But Netflix is uh, a, something I really don't need. 
Yeah. Where on the other hand, Peacock, we would keep forever because we just love the office and Parks and Rec and, and all that NBC stuff. So yeah. I like the fact that the option to watch WWE was on um, Peacock because I always knew I would have it. Where yeah. Netflix, I may just pick it up when those times of year roll around that I actually care. Okay. So, all right. So I wasn't sure about that because I didn't know that, um, I, you know, I got to. Uh, I was so my thought because what I from what I understood that um from what I understood they were shut like like USA bought SmackDown so basically USA was going to take SmackDown and I think like their NXT which is like their development developmental show is going I think on like WB and so they were shopping Raw as a show but I didn't know that it was like the entire the whole shebang like so i wasn't i didn't know that that it was like the 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 premium live events that they call it now or pay-per-views um if they were going to go on to netflix as well or you know so yeah that that's a huge that's a huge blow to to peacock yeah it's a big get for netflix because they're i i don't want to say content starve but it feels like it to me because there's just a lack of interesting stuff on Netflix. Yeah. once in a while they'll turn out a horror show or uh you know we'll get a season of stranger things that you know i'll be interested in but very very few things on netflix other than documentaries that uh, i would actually watch yeah yeah it's a, it, it has become kind of hit or miss like the the days of it being must you know must have uh, but if you're, you know, it, it's a, it's a huge get. And I think for, it seems like for them, their first kind of foray into really live, um, you know, live sports, I guess, for lack of a better um, term. So it's like, you know, that, that could be something that's a, you know, a big thing for them and, and the next step for them, because they've gotten, as we've gotten all the competitors who, you know, I would say like maybe on the technical side, it's probably not as good as Netflix. I think Netflix still has them beat like you know, as far as the user interface and, and navigation to an extent uh but you know content wise like all these other platforms are, are are really keeping up yeah they really are i mean it seems like i i don't know how uh basic cable is still around like yeah. i don't know how pay cable is still around because it seems like every good idea every good show um it, it all goes directly streaming and the the networks end up with uh you know csi hawaii yeah (laughs) there's like no original ideas left on television yeah no seriously it's 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 pretty crazy um well yeah so it should should be interesting i don't know that you know like like i don't watch it as it is so i don't know that i'm going to start watching raw again but again it's nice to have because it does make things you know again if something comes up that i that that i hear is good i might you know might want to watch it it seems like this year's wrestlemania might actually be really good like there's actually i i'm actually looking forward to it uh based on you know what they're setting up so yeah it's one of those things like yeah somebody who's like kind of a fan from a distance uh nice to have uh but it'll be interesting and i think both netflix and and wwe which is purchased by tko um they're looking to make these you know massive you know massive moves yeah so it was it I, I, yeah. the next five years yeah if you want to see wwe it's going to be over on netflix <laughs> oh, no, that's crazy so uh the next story is is a funny one so we don't get we, we're gonna try not to get super political on this uh just because it's not the nature of um of, of the podcast but this is just too funny to not not talk about have you been following like the elections both on the re- republican and i guess the democratic side even though there's not much going on on, on that side you've been really following everything that's been going on i mean it was hard to get jazzed about it because there's really not a candidate out there yeah. that I uh, I thought was going to make enough noise to uh, unseat the the, uh, the the guy in the lead. So it was 
I mean, I have and I haven't. I mean, yeah. I, I know the players. I kind of know what's going on. I've, I've kept track of the primaries, but the day-to-day of the campaigning really hasn't uh, stuck to my radar. Yeah. So and are you a fan of the Good Liars, <laughs> the YouTube um, comedy team? I know of, but I, yeah. I, I can't say that I, I, I'm a fan. So there's a hilarious video you got to watch. So, you know, whether you're a fan of uh, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, I think many of us can agree that, that Ron DeSantis um, just flamed out with somebody who was a rising oh, yeah. star and just, I mean, I fell on his face. I mean, he's like a career, you know, heard him re- been referred to as like a black hole of charisma and just he's just. You know, just somebody I don't like, even no matter what my political affiliation would be, I would not want to vote for him. And uh, there's a great video. Um, so the Good, Good Liars are a YouTube comedy team where they handed him a participation trophy, which he you know, had to, and, and he had to awkwardly deal with and then have them taken out while they're screaming. He's special. He's unique. He's our little snowflake. I loved it. It was great. Worth watching no matter what side of the aisle you are. Uh, did I you agree. get to see the video? Yes, and one of the best memes out there is that he should be made to carry his campaign uh, full term, which I absolutely <laughs> loved. Yeah, that's great. No, it's like uh, you know, it's one of the people that yeah, just uh, he's just just terrible and like funny, fun to watch him flame out. Uh, and hopefully, you know that that's it for his career. I'm glad. Uh, I'm gl- I'm I mean personally, like you know, somebody. Uh, and I still stand by it. Uh, I have a lot, a lot of, you know, I was, I've always said like, I, he was the person, I mean, realistically, I was, I was like, I don't want him to, you know, I'll take, I'll take anyone over him. Uh, so I'm kind of gl- glad that we're going to get somebody else over him, regardless of who it is. But, but yeah, like, you know, to, to echo your sentiment, nobody anywhere right now that's, that's running for anything that I'm super jazzed by. So it's kind of tough to follow, but here's what it is. That is that one of the things that regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, I'm interested to see what's going to happen with that because yeah. A lot of people are just, I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'm not going to vote. Yeah. So where yeah. do we end up with it all? Yeah, no, it, it is. It, it, we're really in a weird place because I think you have on, on both sides, uh, you know, relative, you know, I mean, I'd say uninspiring candidates, to, to, though, to be fair, it's like the people that like Trump love him, but there's a lot that are, are done with him. And then on the Biden side, it's just like, you know, a, a lot of apathy and uh, there we haven't had a candidate that that's just, you know energized us uh you know as, as as a population and so it's going to be a weird election where you've just got this like i guess it'll be it'll be round two and it'll be again like hey vote for you know each person's like vote for me because i'm not the other guy um and that that's always you know i mean that unfortunately it feels like as an adult that's always been like for the most part the political message uh with the, you know a couple of exceptions here and there but uh, it'll be that again where it's just like yeah vote for me because i'm not as bad as the other guy or i'm not as bad oh. as the other team I just kind of feel like if the Republicans actually wanted to win, they would have threw anybody else out there. But I, yeah. I just don't think it's in the cards this time around. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I, I feel like they wanted, they tried. I just think they were too they're too scared to uh to commit fully. You know, it's like there 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 are a few that tried, but they're too. I think they're scared of the um consequences you know of, of trying too hard you know that's what it, it, it felt like so uh they're kind of everybody's gonna you know they're gonna have to back this horse again and see you know see where things go but you know but they've been doing that for years now and yeah. it hasn't led them to the promised land like yeah. he's the people that he's endorsed haven't done well uh yeah. the you know the elections that he's chosen that haven't gone over well i he, this went from uh mass hysteria to uh, a kind of a a quiet roar where yeah. you know 
they were booking theaters for this guy at stadiums for this guy yeah. to speak in. And now it's uh, a hard time filling a high school gym. Yeah. Neither one of us really have a dog in this fight. So it's yeah. not like I see it one way or the other. I just see things in terms of realism and yeah. the buzz isn't what it was. Yeah. It isn't. But what makes things very scary is that he's winning in the polls. So it's like, what's going on? Like how, how, uh, how apathetic are we to Biden that, that, uh, that he's like doing so well. But again, it's also, also early. So, you know, the, this thing doesn't start heating up until we get towards, you know, well, if we summer. look at the last election, everybody went to bed with Trump in the lead. Yeah. And that's, it, it, he, he based who was going to vote off him or two, he based who was going to vote for him off of, uh, receptions he was getting at these rallies. Yeah. Well, you don't get, there are two different types of candidates with two yeah. different types of followers. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, you're going to, to, to the, that, that red crowd is going to be loud and proud where the, uh, the other people voted through the mail, yeah. you know? So yeah, if you're going to take polls, most people are gonna be like, Oh, you know, screaming, I'm going to vote for Trump where everybody yeah. else is just like, I'm done talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Very well could be. So it's going to, it'll, it's going to be wall to wall news um, over the next uh God knows <laughs> a few months, but and then this I didn't have this as a news item, but this was another thing that came up. Um, that John Stewart is going to be back on the Daily Show. Now, were you ever a big Daily Show watcher? I can't say that I really was. Yeah. I mean, I always felt like it was kind of uh, a takeoff of uh, Saturday Night Live a little bit. Yeah. You know, like we got it was yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I respect the hell out of John Stewart and uh, um, uh, Noah Trevor Noah. Well, Trevor Noah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those they're fantastic talents. It yeah. was just nothing that ever kind of grabbed me. I mean, the, yeah. the news has worn on me long enough that you know that I didn't want to sit down and watch a parody of the news as well. Yeah. Well, what's what's scary about it, and he's he's you know he's very good, and it'll be interesting to have him back. You know, after however long he's been away. But what what's kind of interesting is that for a lot of people. Um, that became how they got their news, right? Like a lot of people, that's how they consume yeah. their news in this comedy. You know, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but mm. that it's like, yeah, it's kind of parody of the news, but then it became like how a lot of people consumed their news. So it'll be interesting, especially again with this election cycle coming up, it's going to, it can be a lot. So we shall it's, see. I mean, it's no worse than the Zers getting their news off of TikTok at, in 30 second intervals you're, you're absolutely that are right. all jaded one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think that's, that's a problem with social media right now, right? It's like, it, it, you're going to get, and, it, and then you're going to get fed whatever you keep watching. So it just, you're just stuck in that echo chamber. So the other story, so, so there's been some rumors, and this is a, there's a larger discussion maybe to be had about it, but there have been some issues. Um, I mean, there's obviously, you know, big news story was Jonathan Majors getting, um, you know, go, getting arrested, going to trial, getting convicted, um, Marvel kicking him out as Kang. I thought he was fantastic in his roles as Kang and in, in everything he's been in, really. Uh, but, you know, they kind of wipe their hands clean of him. And I guess the rumor now is that they're going to recast Kang instead of just pivoting to another villain. So assuming, you know, again, take with a grain of salt. But if this is true, do you think it's the right move for Marvel to make um, you know, with this phase four? Well, I mean, if there's one villain that you could recast and get away with it, as far as believability, it would be Kang, yeah. even though they've showed multiple versions of Kang as the same person. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm a little excited about the actor that uh, his name's been floating around as of least, uh, recent, which is uh, uh, Domingo Coleman. Yeah. He, uh, fantastic guy, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, was a mainstay through the cast for the whole run of the show. And I yeah. got to meet him, and he was 
absolutely one of the most personable people I've ever really? met. Yeah, very sweet, very kind. Uh, talked to me for a long time. Wow. And, uh, you know, stood right up, shook my hand. I, like, just a, a great all-around guy. And he was already pretty famous when I met him. Yeah. So, and, and I believe, did he or did he not get an Academy Award nomination? I or was say, that a Golden Glove? No, no, I'm pretty... I, I, I was going to say, I think he got an Academy Award nomination. And I think he's he's got another movie he's coming up. He's writing and... or directing and starring in i think it's a biopic i just saw it was another thing i saw just earlier today but yeah it's like somebody who's like his star is rising and yeah he'd be a good choice um so now do you think it would be the right thing to just recast the character or do you or would you say like pivot to like a dr doom or another villain at this point um i would have preferred that they pivot only because kang hasn't been the my most favorite villain yeah uh, i I'm, I'm i'm sick to, and i realize that i'm excited about deadpool but i'm sick to death of the multiverse because everybody's yeah. doing it it's being done in every show, yeah. every universe, every I'm, I'm just tired of it. And yeah. uh, I, I, if it was exclusive to Marvel, then maybe Kang would be this fun and interesting and original villain that we all want him to be. But since it's being done everywhere, it, I'm just over it at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, you know, I, I I like Kang as a character. I like what they did with him in Loki. I feel like they, you know, kind of cut his nuts off a little bit in in Ant Man. And then you run the risk a little a bit little. of, of yeah. <laughs> and then you do run the risk of it just being too much. So I would tend to agree, like maybe you make him a lower level villain or just completely pivot to you know somebody like Doctor Doom. But it'll be interesting. Now, what are your just in general? Because I don't know that we've done. Uh, and not that we we're going to do a full one today, but we, that we've done like a Marvel postmortem. But it's definitely it's not where it was, you know, five years ago, uh, even you know, eight years ago. Like, w- do you think that it's completely lost its way and that it's it, it may never reach the heights it was at? Uh, and if not, what do you think it's going to take to get back there? Um, good storytelling. Yeah, it feels like uh, that we're at a in a rush in every single thing that we enjoy or we like to. Yeah to do the inclusion thing. And I'm fine with that as long as the story supports it. And a lot of the times it just doesn't feel like it does. It feels like we're changing things and adding things and and things are different just so we can check boxes. And Mm -hmm. I think you do a disservice to everybody when you do that. I don't, uh, you, you, you kill the story. Uh, It's just not as interesting or as fun. Uh, And I, I honestly think Ryan, they've, they've gone too far down the rabbit hole with characters. I think they've finally reached the point where, all right, well, we don't really care about, like, we're getting a, a Madam Widow uh, movie. Or Madam Webb, right? Yeah. Madam yeah. Webb, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who asked for that? Who's who's out there? <laughs> I mean, unless you're like a, a, a comic book sycophant, like yeah. who's asking for a Madam Webb movie? Yeah. And it's going to fall on its face and then they're further going to kick dust and dirt uh, on the, the grave of uh, superhero films as a whole. Well, that was kind of the curse, maybe, of Guardians of the Galaxy, correct? Because that was the first big chance that they took. It was like, here's a here's a group, here's a team up of characters you you know, ninety nine percent of people you know have never heard of. Even big pop culture comic fans have a lot you know not heard of these people, and it was such a massive success that I think Marvel um, fell into the false sense of like we can do whatever we want at this point, not realizing. But yeah, would like, it have been without James Gunn? Yeah, well, well, that's the second part. Is the you know it was a great story and well directed, and yeah, it's like they're forgetting the storytelling and and how you know the seeds were planted, and I think that you know you mentioned so I 
I see that there's some spots where maybe they're they're throwing in things just for the sake of it. I don't see it as being what the issue is. I think the issue really is more of the like you said, storytelling and too much. They we're just getting too many things, and it's all interconnected. So then the other issue is that everything has to. It becomes must watch TV until it's too big to 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 watch everything, and then you just become you know apathetic. Uh, it, it's like I feel like that with um. Uh, with book series sometimes like sometimes i'll be kind of like i'm like a completionist and so i'll there'll be a book series or something out and i have to watch everything and then if i fall behind a little bit it stops becoming must read or whatever it is and then at some point i'm just like well i don't know i'm not gonna watch this because i'm i'm so far behind and if things aren't getting the buzz that they were before then you just you know you don't care about going and maybe it's i don't know if it's like too many things or the fact that they're all interconnected but it, it becomes an issue where like you know you're not gonna watch everything and then it's like oh wait if i can miss that show eh, maybe i can miss that movie and then if i can miss that movie then maybe i can miss that other thing and then yeah it comes down to like they need to tell good stories and if they start telling good stories again people will you know come back well i mean if you look at uh the last theatrical release the marvels nobody i mean the majority of people didn't love captain marvel so their answer to that was to throw two other characters that we barely knew or barely cared about to save that franchise that should have never got a sequel to begin with and as much as i'll i'll consume marvel content till the cows come home i mean maybe bob Iger is right maybe we're just they're overdoing it a bit yeah. you know i loved having a brand new series every uh, every month on disney yeah. plus but at the same time yeah maybe they've overdone it you know yeah. maybe they've just gone a uh a tick too far. Yeah, and I think part of the issue also is that like you've got the you've got the cinematic universe, or you know, which is now extended to TV, and it, it it's hard to blend the two because like I I I really liked Miss Marvel. I thought it was a really well done show, but it didn't. It felt like it didn't make sense to put her in Captain Marvel because if you didn't watch that show, which a lot of people didn't, you're going to have no context for who this person is or why they're there. And then she kind of gets shoehorned in very little explanation. So it, it was like it's like this weird like bouncing back and forth between TV and the movies, which does make things hard because not everybody's watching everything. And so, yeah, things just start to feel shoehorned in. And then you just feel like, who, who, why should I care? And that's always the thing. It's like, why should I care? I cared about Tony Stark. I, you know, I cared about. You know, I you know Captain America, but why do, why should I care about these characters? Why I have no idea who they are, why they're here. I just know they're on the screen, and there's some tenuous connection to you know whatever character we're following. Going back to Jonathan Majors real quick, yeah, I knew he was in trouble the second uh, the people working for him quit as soon as <laughs> this stuff hit the fan. Yeah, like you pay them. I mean, if Satan was to come to Earth, he would have a publicist. Yeah, <laughs> he would have a, he would have a PR team. Like, yeah, he absolutely would. And the second that Jonathan Majors' people just backed away and said, "Yeah, we're no longer working with him," I figured there was more to the story than we, we yeah. realized. And you just get in these toxic, bad relationships. Yeah, and they're hard to get out of, and they're hard to see the right side up. And yeah. it's generally driven because the sex is really good. I know I've, I've been in a couple of bad relationships and I've only stayed into them. I've only stayed in them because the sex was really, really good. Wow. Well, there's, um, there, the, you know, there are a lot of things that came out. I know there was a big thing on Twitter about a lot of people kind of saying that he's, he is a toxic person and a narcissist yeah. and all this stuff. And you know, I don't know how true it is, but yeah, you do have to think like, okay, if, if his publicist, uh, you know, is, is out, that's a little, that's a little crazy for somebody whose star was, so, you know, on such a rise. 
And uh, there, there's a great, if you have a chance, um, uh, comedian Josh Johnson, uh, really good comedian, somebody I like a lot, has has a bit uh, where he talks about like listening to the uh, video or watching the video of him, and some of the stuff he says is, is just pretty crazy to begin with. So it's like, yeah, this guy might be a little, you know, a little too full of himself. Uh, it's too bad because he's a fantastic actor. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, I mean, we'll see him again. Yeah. At the end of the day, every if Mel Gibson can find his way back out of Hades. Uh, we'll definitely see Jonathan Majors oh, yeah. again, and, and and he'll rebuild his image, and uh, exactly. all be forgiven because everything comes out in the wash. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's last bit of news. Uh, trailer came out. Uh, did you did you see the new Roadhouse trailer? I did. What were your thoughts? Well, I mean, I wasn't expecting a lot. Let's let's face it. Uh, the original is an absolute classic. It's it's a dynamite movie. It's yeah. a lot of fun. It's it's mindless, but probably Patrick Swayze's best work. If you you know, if you, we're not going to count Ghost because I'm just not a huge pottery fan, and uh, or love stories or Whoopi Goldberg or well anyway. So, I mean, I didn't expect a lot, and I was kind of pleasantly surprised. And I think the smartest thing that they did was they let Conor McGregor be Conor McGregor. He's he's I don't think he's going to be that much of a, a, a actor or thespian or yeah. I don't think he's, I, I don't think he's going to be able to ever be in any kind of drama or do huge monologues, but as a bad guy, as you know, as, as the number one heel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch him and Jake Joel yeah. beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Uh, it's another dog barking. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, he was many, um, many dogs, Ryan George. Yeah. Unfor- uh, well, I would say, unfortunately uh, this one's crazy. Uh, but no, so yeah, I thought it was, it was done well. I think, uh, you know, the, he was, uh, it's weird, you know, remakes are weird. Like, I feel like, you know, you could have called this something else and I would never have connected it to Roadhouse, uh, outside of them saying Roadhouse. But would you have seen it then? If it was just Jake Gyllenhaal beats up Conor yeah, McGregor, I mean, yeah, because it looks like okay, Jake Gyllenhaal is good, um, and you know, can, and good, you know, is, can be funny. And watching Conor McGregor, I was surprised at how much screen time he got as a villain. So I guess he really is the villain, and he's got that charisma, right? He's got that like it factor. So yeah, he may not be the best actor in the world, but he has that thing that like you, 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 he's kind of you want to watch him on the screen. And I think when they if they allow that to go, I, I might watch that. Like you know, I don't honestly why not? Like you know, I don't know that calling it Roadhouse was going to make me. Um, any more or less likely to see it except that we talk about it maybe it was more likely to talk about it than than uh than not but um but yeah i probably would have seen it it looks interesting it looks like and again it's on amazon it's free you know or or relatively free uh so you know it's something totally worth a watch yeah i agree with you i'll be there with uh my popcorn uh rooting on conor mcgregor (laughs) yeah we'll see maybe if, if, if it's good enough maybe we'll do it we'll do a review of it all right. So speaking of reviews, let's uh, let's talk about Fargo season four um, or sorry, season five. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, that is season five. So I guess before and this maybe is putting the cart ahead of the horse, but um, just off the bat, where would you rank this uh, as far as the five seasons of Fargo? Well, let's go, let's go down the seasons. OK. OK. So um, least the best. OK. What would you put at five? probably let's see season two was uh kirsten dunst and uh or which jesse Plemons. no jesse Plemons was that season two mm, oh that was yes. season three okay no that well, was season two okay so i would probably put that as my least favorite season what about you what would you what, what do you have at five um even though they blew my 
damn wig off at the end of season four. Yeah. Uh, season four was probably my least favorite. Uh, I thought Chris Rock was absolutely amazing in it, yeah. but I, I didn't connect with any other character at all okay. uh, throughout yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see that. Um, I would put, so my, okay. So the, the, my, my, Oh, that's tough. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going to have to, I, I really, I mean, that's how good the show is. I really like season four, but I'm probably going to have to put that in the four spot for me then. Um, I thought Chris Rock was great in it. Um, it took a little bit of time to really get going. I really, but I really, I did like it, but I'm realizing now like, yeah, I, 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 it'd be hard for me to put it ahead of the other season. So I'll probably put that at four. What about you? Um, Probably season three with uh, yeah. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Uh, I yeah I I mean I in uh, I I really really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the the story was uh, fun and interesting, and I, I liked him playing his own old bro- uh, his own brother. Yeah, and I I loved how they wrapped it all up. But um, yeah, I would rate that slightly above season four. Okay, so I would put season five in my three spot, and so I'm guessing then season four for you would be the third one for you. Oh no, I'm sorry season two yeah okay yeah and then um for me i actually so the ian mcgregor season i that would probably be two two for me um just on the back of he he was great as his brother and um david i always forget how to pronounce his name but one of those people like i could watch him all day you know on on screen the uh the 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 villain uh varga in that (laughs) season but he was great so like i I think that would get two for me what would you have at number two? Uh, season uh, season one was, yeah. would probably be number two for me. Okay. I mean, yeah. you're just you're not beating the uh, the combination of Martin Freeman and yeah. and um, Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, I, I you know it, it started the show, it set the tone, and yeah. uh, it was near perfect in every way. Yeah, and same for me. So season one would be my favorite easily. And then, so what's your number one then? Oh, my this... number one is this past season, okay. season five. <laughs> All right, yeah. good, good. Uh, I'm, uh, uh, but I, I honestly felt like um, I, I felt like Juno and and um, Jason uh, Jennifer Jason Lee kind of carried the season yeah. uh, as far as uh, doing the the real heavy lifting or the real true acting. Yeah. Um, Juno Temple really uh, turned me. I, I I only knew I know I know she's been in other things, but I, yeah. I only knew her from Ted Lasso. Yeah. So she, you know, there wasn't a lot of complexity to Keely. Where yeah. in this, uh, I really thought that uh, uh, Dot was has been one of my favorite characters written for TV. Well, it's okay. So actually, then this gets into my first question uh, about this, this season. Is I mean, th- this this season, as every season is, is like just chock full of good performances. What would you? So what are your three standouts? So so um, Dot is one. Um, what are the other standout performances for you? Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee definitely, and a close second uh, as Lorraine Lyon. Yeah, she was just they figured out. I mean, she's been around what thirty years now. Yeah, and they figured out a way to use her. And uh, we've really got to uh, take our hats off to Quentin Tarantino because he tapped into something with her with Hateful yeah. Eight. Yeah, like, gritty, strong. You know, yeah. uh, just a fantastic actress that uh, uh, you know. Once again, he can kind of uh, he put his shine on. 
supposed to like her. She's like the, um, just such a strange character, but but just does such a good job, especially in that last episode. Um, the kid from Stranger Things, <laughs> kind of unrecognizable. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, without the hair, I didn't, I yeah. didn't know who he was until somebody brought it up. Like, hey, yeah. I hear he's in the season. Yeah, yeah well, I was like, him. I was watching, like, I know that guy. What do I know? And it was like I couldn't place it for a bit. Like, what do I know him from? But it's like, yeah, he, he was great. But just yeah, the, just uh, you know, as a season, just just chock full of of really really solid performances so th- this story um revolves around dot you know played by juno temple who's living the quiet suburban life married to her husband wayne with their daughter uh she's arrested for accidentally pepper spraying a police officer during a chaotic school board meeting which all happens in the first like minute of the of the season and then you know it, it 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 unravels everything for her. You know she we find out that she ten years previously had escaped Roy Tillman, a corrupt sheriff. Um, she assumes a new identity, um, and then basically seasons Roy trying and eventually you know succeeding at capturing her. Um, so th- my one question for you is um, Dot basically plays various different versions of MacGyver and Kel- Kevin McAllister throughout. Was it a little too much for you, or or did you like that aspect of her character? I mean, because it was unexpected, I, I enjoyed it. Like, I, yeah. I, I get a little tired of the 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 constant uh, the female needs of rescuing. And yeah. for once, it was nice to see uh, a female that was full well uh, capable of taking care of herself. And it was in a believable way. She yeah. wasn't doing ninja backflips. She wasn't overpowering men twice her size. Like, she would take the hit in the fight. Mm-hmm when she tried to go head to head against people, it was, it was her outsmarting uh, her lesser male counterparts, which I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, yeah, that that was an interesting thing because she would fight even when the odds were against her and she would lose. So that was the good thing. It was like, yeah, she wasn't, yeah, you're right. Like she wasn't doing backflips or like, you know, you know, beating people up um, without deserving it. Uh, But she also, when she used her wit is when, when things work and she, used you know she she accepted help sometimes so she wasn't like the damsel in distress but it wasn't also completely unrealistic where she had zero help the whole time so i did like that they balanced it like there were times where she needed help and she got some help but um other times where she was the one saving and rescuing other people and they did a re- very good mix of it for to where you never felt again yeah like she was wasn't the damsel in distress or she wasn't um just like you know i guess a mary sue for lack of a better you know term and all with keeping a super cool demeanor, which I liked. Yeah. There was yeah. never like any kind of a, a emotional outbursts or crying or carrying on. Like yeah. she was a tough as balls chick, which I absolutely yeah. respected. Yeah. And really what, like, I feel like the only time she really showed that she broke down was when she found out that um, the officer's name, but that he was dead. Right. Like that was the first yep. time when she actually like, she cracks, but you know, at the same time, it's like, it was over at that point, right? Tillman's been arrested and um, she could breathe a little bit, but yeah, that was the one time like she showed emotion. So yeah, she wasn't like breaking down constantly. So I, you know, I like, I liked how, you know, how they did that. And, and that kind of bleeds into the next question. So we, we talked a little bit about like representation in, in, and I, and, and I think we're both all for it and, and I think it's important, but I think the, the issue we've had recently is a lot of times it, it, it happens for the sake of it. And it's not done honestly or 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 um, with, with the right kind of care. And so a lot of times you'll get a show that's like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna throw in diversity for diversity's sake, but it's like, hey, you know, it's more like the show is like um, patting themselves on the back, like, hey, look at how diverse we are, instead of actually mm-hmm. telling a good story. And I think that's the issue is like, give us give us all the diversity, but but don't sacrifice story because you're gonna pat yourself on the back for doing it. And um, 
this show in particular, this season of the show is very much a female centered show, right? Dot is the protagonist. Um, Lorraine is, 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 you know, becomes an anti-hero in her own right. And in a character we're rooting for by the end, um, the police officer, um, Indra Olmstead is also like the earnest, you know, police officer, but she's racked with debt and, and also, you know, is, 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 a, is, you know, gets a lot of the story time for this season. Uh, did you get that feeling with this or did it feel for you more like everything felt organic and it wasn't like kind of throwing it in our face? Like, Hey, look at, look at this. We've got, you know, female leads. This is just TV done right. Right. Yeah. Like it didn't matter to me who the lead was. They yeah. were, and it reminded me a lot of the Baron that way. It, it's a well-written, uh, well-acted. Uh, everybody is flushed out. Like, we're not just throwing people on the screen to say, hey, here they are. Like, everybody has a, a place and a reason to be there. And yeah. I, I absolutely applaud, you know, I, I was, I understand that it was kind of getting ratings bombed a little bit because yeah. there's a, a female, a strong female leads. And I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I really think that it shouldn't matter who's on your screen as well as, as long as it's being done well. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's right. Like, I think you're, you're totally right. Like, there was never a point for me i didn't even think about honestly didn't think about that until i read about them getting ratings bombed and it's like okay come on this is ridiculous and yeah that was the situation it's like it it easily could have you know you know in the marketing tried to pat themselves on the back for but they didn't it's just like it's a strong story we've got strong leads they have new female but it is what it is rather than it being a, a, you know that situation of like hey look at how good we did and then you give us like a mediocre story so yeah, i totally agree i think it was one of those yeah didn't even think about it until i read that read that article and, and that kind of um sucks because it's like you do have this group of people who will just jump on anything if there's like a female lead or a black lead or whatever that you know they don't and then all of a sudden you're rate you know review bombing for for no reason oh did ryan didn't you hate her husband that uh lucas cage <laughs> Yeah. oh god that that guy infuriated me like yeah i feel like he set men, men back 10 years in general like <laughs> yeah, that he just true. infuriated me every <laughs> single time he was on the screen yeah but i guess it's like and, and in a way it's like i feel like when you grow up that wealthy i guess you can kind of like either you become that or you become more like the mom you know and it's like i mean he's yeah. had everything handed to him but yeah it's weird like and it's funny because you start to think about that yourself, like, right, if I'm in that situation and he, I mean, I don't, he's not dumb. He's got to realize that that last episode that his wife is in mortal danger, like, would he have done anything to protect her? You know, and, and, and that kind of, like, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's husband. I'm talking about the the police officer's. Uh, oh, sorry. Husband. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, golf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the worst. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> worst uh, human being ever yes, written. Okay. Yeah. So Dot's husband more is just feckless and like weak. Yeah. But um. But yes. I yeah. You're right. Felt get... When he got shocked and kind of had mental issues, I felt bad for him. Like he became a yeah. sympathetic character. Yeah. He's he kind did. of adult before. But yeah. When you know he was a kind yeah. guy. No, that's fair. But yeah, no, you're right. He he was he was terrible. Um, and glad that he got kind of kicked out, and hopefully, fig, you know, that that character does suck. So no, no, definitely agree. Um, so there, you know, this season did have um some political undertones. I think you know you've got uh Tillman's like a libertarian. There's some references to like Trump and welfare queen queens and and kind of things thrown in there did you like for, did, for you was it a little too much with some of the political undertones or did it just feel like like with the diversity that it you know that it just kind of flew under the radar that it didn't really hit you as like okay this is a little too much i mean i felt like it's reflective to how part of the country sees things yeah. and you know they're 
for every flyover state there is, there's probably 10 Roy Tillmans uh, in its sheriff's role. Yeah. And that's no shot at them. That's just the way they live. Like, yeah. I'm okay with people not sharing my ideals or my beliefs, or I, I believe everybody should do what's what's best for them. But um, yeah, I mean, I believe that there's, there's certainly Roy Tillmans out there. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't think it was over the top at all. I thought, yeah. I thought it kind of rang true to what you would see if you went into an area like that. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. Like, I think there was a couple moments for me that I thought, like, was like, oh, okay, you know, they're doing it. But, but yeah, it wasn't, it was, I was mixed. Like, I sometimes I feel like, you know, show don't tell. So, so there was a couple moments of like, they're telling us, you know, you know, even at one point he even says, I'm a libertarian. Like, you know, it's like, I, I get what the character is. You know, it's like, he's got a ranch. Uh, he's a sheriff, you know, you, you know, kind of a cult leader. Like you, you, there were a couple moments where I, I would have been like, okay, the audience, you know, trust the intelligence of your audience. Like we, 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 we know who this character is. We don't need you to, you know, tell us as much, but, but for the most part, it wasn't too bad. Like it wasn't something that was like egregious, but definitely like, it was like, okay, I, I know what this is. Like, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to push too hard with it. I could have done without the twin nipple rings in John, seeing John Hames ass. <laughs> no. Like I really could have lived out. I, I probably have about maybe 20 years more left and I really could have lived the rest of that time. I, I've never once said, I wonder what that looks like. And unfortunately I, I'm stuck with that visual. Well, well now, you know, <laughs> now I know that was great. <laughs> one of the funniest, one of the funnier moments in the, the seasons. Like, yeah, yeah, I never once thought what, what is, what, what, what does John Hamm look like uh, with, with nipple? Right now? Like <laughs> that, can he still be Batman for you now? Like, can he be the, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that is done. Yeah. Still, oh, speaking like, of which, like yeah. uh, a quick shout out to to Dave Foley in the season too. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> he was he was just such an interesting character. Yeah. I know the sad sad demise, but no, definitely a really interesting character. Um, but no, with 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 uh, John Hamm, uh, like I, I I that was one of the big what ifs for me. I feel like he would have made a, a great Batman, and it might just be because he looks like Bruce Wayne. Um, but I always wanted to see that, but yeah, I don't know if we could see Batman with nipple rings. Hmm. Oh, you there? <laughs> I'm here. Oh, weird. Did, oh, were you paused or did? No, no, I was no. looking at something. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. I, I was, was looking at the name of somebody. Um... Oh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so, so eventually Dot gets captured, um, and the finale, I thought the finale was a fantastic like episode of TV, but we basically get the standoff at the Tillman Ranch. Um, what were your thoughts on like how that whole episode and scene at the Tillman Ranch played out? Was it as tense as, as for you as it was for me? I really, okay. My one, and maybe, maybe this does adjust my, my list to season one being my favorite. Um, that last episode I was so hyped for it, and I felt like it was such a disappointment. Really? In the sense that we could have spent the whole episode at the Tillman Ranch um, shooting it out and, and sneaking around and, uh, you know, uh, doing some t- character dives. And, and we really got none of that. We got about 10 minutes of it, and yeah. then we went on with the story, which I, I really thought that that conclusion could have been a little deeper than it was. But um yeah, I I mean I liked the setup. I, I was uh excited to see what happened next and that yeah. it just kinda all uh went in a straight line. Yeah, it was it was a weird episode because, you know, there was it's like you build to this finale, um, 
and which was that weird like the the way that the the episode before it ends is is basically he lets her out you know and like you know he frees the tiger and so you're just like okay the next episode is going to be chaos and and just insanity and you're right like that what could have been an entire hour happens in 10 minutes and then the last 40 minutes is basically an epilogue um so it was a weird it was a like a choice that they made you know where you know you know because there's a world where yeah it's the opposite you get 40 minutes of the you know the the standoff you know them breaking in and her escaping and then 10 minutes of an epilogue now my my one thought is and maybe this is why is the last 10 minutes where where munch you know is in their home and they basically have to convince him not to kill her i thought that was a phenomenal like you know 10 minutes of of tv you know because it's all tension and but but all like you know her you're just seeing you know that yes she's clever and she's she's been outwitting people throughout but here she just it's her warmth and her heart um that that wins the day and i thought that you you don't have that episode you can't have that moment like that i think if the episode is a 40 minute you know action piece so maybe that was the choice they made it's like okay we're gonna you know there's the first ending and then epilogue but then this is the real ending because you didn't expect it like i wasn't even thinking about him at that point you know i thought he just went off into the sunset not realizing no he's coming back to to kill her and so that scene was unexpected um but i thought it was brilliant yeah i mean i could have done without it yeah Uh, i i really thought uh it would have been a fitting end for him to let her go and then vanish uh, vanish off into the sunset and and let the story play out amongst the the characters that kind of mattered yeah i i I mean he i felt he was like kind of a thirdary character you know i i really didn't think that other than being a a physical threat to uh, you know offset uh uh, tillman and, and gator I really didn't think he brought a lot to the story. I, yeah. I loved the beginning where he showed up and he kidnapped her. Um, I, and I, the stuff going forward with uh, living with the old lady in the house and all that. But I really thought that last scene was slightly unnecessary and extremely unbelievable in the sense that yeah. if someone shows up to your house to kill you, you're not talking them out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so I, 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 I agree. I think I, I get, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, I do think the scene played out really well, but what did you think about that element of it? The kind of supernatural thing, like he, is he, you know, hundreds of years old? Is he immortal? Like what, what were your thoughts on kind of them throwing that, that whole thing into the, into this otherwise, you know, relatively grounded show? I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of just ignored those scenes. I yeah. know they popped out throughout the season. Yeah. I just, I, I really thought he was kind of a, a super unnecessary uh, accessory to the story. Yeah. I just didn't care. Like yeah. I, it didn't make me like him or dislike him more or, or make me want to know about him. It was just, uh, I wasn't quite sure why they were even doing it to be honest with you. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like I, I was kind of, uh, you know, I'm kind of, um, I, I'm with you that when, when they got to like the more supernatural, elements of the, of that character i i kind of shut off it was like all right whatever like i'm not you know i don't really care about this you know i you know like it's hard enough to suspend disbelief for some of the other parts like don't make me suspend disbelief you know for this too um but you know i will say like i you know i thought i thought his character was interesting and like i said i, I did like the way it ended but i totally see your point of view that we have a show that has built to this one moment and then the the moment that it's built to, we just kind of, you know, brush off. And then we get this moment tacked on that I thought was really good, but it wasn't 
it, it, it's it's jarring or it can be jarring because it's not what you expect yeah so yeah. um yeah so i mean i what were what what you, give me your final thoughts and what would you know rating out of 10 uh for this season of fargo i mean as much as i'm slamming the last episode i i really think that the show has only gotten stronger as the seasons have gone on. And I always love when they stick an unexpected tie into another season in there, like they did at the end of season four. I mean, for as much as I thought season four lacked, that very last moment of season four made it all worth it to me because it, it made me understand the story in a, a much deeper way than uh, than I ever would have if they wouldn't have done that. And I was hoping yeah. that we would kind of get that with the season two, but we didn't. Yeah. Um, but Listen, I'm a 100% a Juno Temple fan after this season. Uh, I'm happy to see uh, Dave Foley to get work. Uh, Nick Gomez, who I kind of sort of know and have met and uh, uh, as uh, Agent to Queen, uh, I thought he was great. And I I mark out for him every time Mm -hmm. I I see him get a big role like that. So that made me happy. Uh, You know, I I can't say uh, the things that worked, worked. The things that didn't were uh, forgivable. You know, I, I don't know why they made that decision with Noli's character, but uh, or Oli's character. But yeah. I, I really kind of wish that they hadn't because it didn't add anything to the story. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that go, oh, you know, that 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 made me like this character more or yeah. or dislike him more or even care about him at all. You know, so I, I mean, overall, I, I would give the season probably like a nine, nine and a half. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think I would give it a nine um, easily. Uh, and, and that's, again, shows you how good this, this series has been because this would still rank about third for me uh, as far as my top, uh, you know, top five seasons. But yeah, I, you know, you know me, uh, you know me long enough that I like big swings. Um, and so I think that this this season takes a lot of big swings. Some, you know, some hit, you know, maybe, you know, a couple doubles, triples, home runs, you know, in, in there. I don't think there are any, you know, swing and misses um, in it, but uh, it takes a lot of big swings. I, you know, I, I like that, it, you know, it kept you on your toes. You never really knew what to expect. I think that they you know, really tra- treated all the characters with a lot of care. It was really well written. Um, it was a you know, chaotic story that that felt like they had control of it. So I never felt like I was I was unsure of of what was going on. Um, and just again, fantastic performances. And surprisingly, like I, I'd be ready for another season of Fargo. It's like I feel like they haven't uh, they haven't lost it. So yeah, this definitely gets a nine for me. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for another season because it's clearly like you know Noah Hawley's. You got it figured out. <laughs> he's got he's got you know knows what he's doing when it comes to to taking on this property. And who who thought that you know that classic movie that came out who how many years twenty five years ago or whatever it was? Uh, you it's know. it's either twenty five or thirty years, but right, it's yeah. getting long in the tooth because I mean. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a while ago, but they they somehow have captured the essence of that and this yeah. ever expanding world. Uh, I, I just I can't see, I can't wait from season to season what they do with it next. Yeah, and it, it, they wait just long enough between seasons that I always like. I'm not as excited before this, right before the season starts, as I probably should be. Um, so hopefully, we get another season sooner than later. But yeah, definitely a nine, uh, easy easy nine for me. So once again, uh, second episode of the Portable Hole uh, podcast uh, done. Cynic, thanks a lot uh, for being on the show this week. Um, for anyone that's listening, uh, you can catch us on all social media at portable underscore hole. And uh, you can ch- check out our website, which has everything there at portablehole publishing.com. 
so uh, Cynic, uh, since Justin's not here, until next time. Don't get captured. <laughs> <laughs>